Greetings everyone, it's me, Tabitha. I'm here to do a little show about the autumnal equinox. Today is September 23rd, 2023, and it also marks the transition from summer into fall, where we have the warm months of summer transitioning into the cooler, crisper days of autumn. So I wanna give a little bit of the historical context of this time of year as well as talk about ways that we can transition ourselves from a circadian rhythm perspective. And then I'd like to mention some really groovy news. I'm hosting my first virtual workshop next month about mitigating adrenaline using diet and lifestyle. So we're gonna talk about that at the end of the broadcast or a little mini thing I'm doing today. But first, let's talk about the autumnal equinox. So this usually occurs during September 20. 2nd or 23rd, in this case it's the 23rd, in the Northern Hemisphere, or in the Southern Hemisphere, March 20th or 21st. So of course, those of us who live in the North, like myself, we have the spring equinox around March 20-something, and then it's the opposite for people who live in the Southern Hemisphere. So the fall equinox, or the autumnal equinox, has deep roots in astronomy, agriculture, and mythology. And it's basically about the balance between day and night and the harvest season, which I think is one of the most glorious times of year. I adore the produce of this time of year ever since I've been a cook, which is you know going on three plus decades now. I've always really loved the autumnal produce of this time of year. And just yesterday I signed up for a harvest farm share. So starting in November for the next four months, I'm gonna be getting a 20 pound or 20 lib box, as I like to say, for the next four months of all the greatest autumnal, you know, produce. Um, it's going to have watermelon radishes, potatoes, uh, butternut squash, you know, all, all the great stuff, uh, rutabaga, really some of the most grounding um, and I think flavorful and just fun to cook with produce, as well as an apple share that's going to be part of it too, which is really awesome. So let's give a little bit of historical context about some of the things our ancestors would do during this magical time of year. I can feel the magic. It's a cold-ish, crisp-ish kind of dreary day here on Long Island, um, drizzling and raining, but it feels like a perfect transition in regards to, you know, moving into the, the autumn. So in medieval England, the last sheaf of harvested corn represented the spirit of the field and was made into a doll. Corn dolls were drenched with water, representing rain or burn to symbolize the death of the grain spirit. Burning these giant wicker figures, often shaped like animals or human effigies, was a symbolic act of purification and renewal. This tradition of communal celebration and ritualistic burning carry with it a sense of collective catharsis and spiritual connection. And even what we have today with that Burning Man Festival, which I personally have never been to. I think that's just uh, corporate stuff being masqueraded as like anti-corporation, but just like how the countercultural movement of the 1960s was controlled, we always have to assume that both sides are being played, obviously in a Hegelian dialectic type of thing. So I think that on a side note is just, um, an example of the counterculture being controlled. If they're going to control the mainstream culture, 
they're of course going to have to control the counterculture. But anyway, this Burning Man festival and the idea of this, this huge um, thing that they make and they, they burn it is kind of an homage, a modern-day homage, a countercultural, controlled, modern-day homage to this ritualistic uh, burning, which in the past our ancestors saw as a collective catharsis and spiritual connection. So there's more than just our people of European ancestry who do fall equinox celebrations around the world. There are also many autumnal equinox celebrations in the Asian culture. So I want to read a little bit now about the modern day connotation as well as European and Asian um, celebrations throughout the years and how they all how they all do it and give thanks for the beautiful harvest season. So of course in the European uh, historical context we have something called Mabon which is Celtic in origin. It's named after a Welsh god. It's a celebration as a time of thanksgiving and feasting. People gather to give thanks for the harvest and engage in rituals to honor the changing of the seasons. And then we have something that the Koreans call Chuseok, which is a harvest festival that coincides with the autumnal equinox. Families come together to share food, pay their respects to ancestors, and engage in traditional dances and games. Then we have something in the Chinese and the Vietnamese culture called the Mid-Autumn Festival. This festival is celebrated with mooncakes, lanterns, and family gatherings. Maybe some of you who are familiar with some of the food around this time of year for certain Asians, they eat these little things called mooncakes, which are these cakes that have these little fillings inside of it and these beautiful, beautiful intricate designs on top of the mooncakes. It is a time for appreciating the moon's beauty and giving thanks for the harvest. So as we can see, Many different races and cultures around the world, they all put their own little twist on the harvest season, sharing food, engaging in traditional dance and game, paying respect to ancestors, all doing it in their own unique way. Then we also have Alban Elfid, which is a Druidic tradition. It's derived from the Welsh language and translates to light of water. It's a moment to acknowledge and appreciate the interplay between the elements, particularly the water and earth, as they relate to the harvest season. Water-themed rituals, harvest observance, meditations on balance, and honoring ancestors are all common activities. And then finally, we have some of the modern festivals, especially the ones we have here in North America. We have all these harvest festivals. You know, we've got the pumpkin picking and the corn mazes and the apple picking. Um, all of these things that are usually happening, at least here in, in the Northeast, late September, early October, before Thanksgiving, essentially. And it's a way for us to enjoy the seasons, express gratitude and exchange in activities that we like to do, even doing things like maybe making caramel apples or candy apples or making um, pumpkin bread and things like that. So it's just a way for us to honor what's going on. And yeah, it's got kind of more of a modern context. And in the last couple of years, maybe it's even a decade now at this point, they have this whole pumpkin spice thing. I did a broadcast a while ago about the whole pumpkin spice thing. And um, yeah, it, it is a bit mainstream, especially when you have some of the stuff like with, you know, Starbucks and their pumpkin spice beverages. I mean, I, I personally don't uh, patronize that place for, for many reasons. It's just not my type of place. But um, there are many ways to um, embrace pumpkin spice. You don't necessarily have to do it in a commercial way, but 
this time of year, I think, is, um, is so whimsical. Uh, it's so magical. It even has this psychedelic connotation to it, and I, I personally love it. So what are some modern rituals we can engage in to honor the fall equinox? Simple, affordable, wonderful things. Here they are. Nature walks, of course. These are great any time of year, but especially during these transitions. Lately, I go almost every day. I've been seeing the leaves turn, getting crunchier beneath my feet whilst I walk. So embrace the beauty of the changing seasons by taking a nature walk. Notice the colors of the leaves, the crispness of the air, the path of the sun in the sky, and the signs of the approaching winter. Bring back a few fallen leaves or acorns to decorate your home with. And I love taking hikes when it gets cooler because there's this um, feeling of um, aloneness where a lot of people are not going to go outside when it starts to get really cold. So there's that wonderful feeling, especially as we go more into the winter. This will happen after the... Um, I guess the um, the winter solstice, but I love that crisp, blue, icy solitude that comes with being outside when few humans are. But for now, we have um, the amazing whimsy of all these, you know, these these hues, these lovely hues of red and orange and uh, yellow and green, all these kind of lower and mid chakra colors. It's lovely. Number two would be feasting and sharing in the spirit of gratitude of the harvest. Organize a fall feast with family and friends. Use seasonal ingredients, apples and pumpkins and root vegetations to create a hearty meal. Consider sharing your bounty with humans in need. Number three, harvest and preserve. Embrace the agricultural roots of the equinox by visiting local farms and arch orchards and farm markets. Gather produce and engage in activities like canning or preserving to connect with the harvest season. Number four, altar creation. Create a fall equinox altar in your home, utilizing symbols of the season. This can include candles and gourds and apples and representations of the balance between day and light. night. Use this space for meditation or reflection. And I already have on my desk right here a little tiny white pumpkin. Uh, for years, I've always been getting these tiny pumpkins and putting them around the house around this time of year, especially like the white ones. Number five, moon gazing. If possible, spend time outdoors under the full moon during the fall equinox. Reflect on our changing lunar cycle and it's connecting to the changing seasons. Number six, acts of charity. In the spirit of thanksgiving and balance, consider donating to local food banks or participating in volunteer activities to support your local community during the season. Perhaps gifting someone who maybe doesn't have the funds or the physical availability to make something, like maybe giving them a casserole or a soup. A lot of people really appreciate a homemade good, perhaps a homemade baked good, especially if it's something that they cannot procure in the store because these days it's very difficult to get good home-cooked style food outside the house. And if you are, it's usually going to be someplace that's um, going to be more costly or very few of them exist, at least, you know, here in my area. Number seven, offering to ancestors. If your cultural tradition involves honoring your ancestors, consider leaving offerings at a family altar or visiting their graves to show respect and gratitude. Or maybe you have an urn of someone, maybe someone in your family was cremated, maybe you have that. Uh, maybe thinking about some of your pets that maybe are no longer here. Thinking about all the ones who have gone before us during this transitional time. And of course, we have on the 31st of October, we have Samhain, um, which is, you know, became the modern day Halloween, which is really 
the top holiday or the top day of the year for the veneration of ancestors, it's unfortunate that's become a holiday of uh, boozing and uh, sleazing and uh, gore. Um, but it doesn't have to be like that. Just because that's the commercial connotation, it doesn't have to be like that. And finally, number eight, ritual burning. Gather, construct, and arrange old wooden objects to let go of. Hold an intention of renewal and transformation and set fire to the installation. Bear witness to the cycle of life and death, satanama, and the eternal beauty of change. So some groovy ideas right there. Um, eight little things we can do. Nature walks, feasting and sharing, harvest and preserve, altar creation, moon gazing, acts of charity, offering to ancestors, and ritual burning. And finally, before we talk about the virtual workshop, just a couple of daily tips to align ourselves, uh, our circadian rhythms, to celebrate the changing seasons, the transition, the bountiful harvest, and the balance of life. So besides engaging in the festivities and the rituals to honor this special time of year, we want to align our daily rhythm with seasonal changes that can truly bring harmony and balance into our everyday life. So here are five easy tips, and they're free. Shift your wake time with the sun as it rises a little bit later every day. Make the most of available daylight as the days get shorter. Enjoy hearty meals with local produce of this abundant time. Soak up the sun, uh, UVB, and top up your vitamin D stores for winter. And finally, take a few minutes every day to reflect on what in your life is balance and harmony and what is not. And sometimes I think about this last one with balance and harmony being the things that are goals of yours that you're working towards. Whatever word you want to use, goals is a groovy one. It doesn't have to be that word. And then think about what is not perhaps maybe as a setback. So if you're, um, you know, scrolling first thing in the morning or last thing before you go to sleep, that is not something that creates balance and harmony. And that would ultimately be a setback that gets in the way of balance and harmony or your goals. And these days we really have to set limits on what we do because most of us, if we do have a, a smartphone or a smart mobile, we don't necessarily want to totally give it up. And, and that's understandable, but we have to create limits within ourselves, uh, utilizing uh, hygiene and boundaries when it comes to um, the anti-social media and other things that we may find extremely um, appetizing that boosts dopamine, which is a different dopamine boost than some of the things we talked about, like a nature walk or feasting and sharing or making an altar or ritual burning or moon gazing. These are very, very, very different ways to procure or harvest dopamine than it is to take the cheap dopamine hits that are available this time of year or <laughs> this time of year, this time of age, shall I say, and this yuga of living where um, the dopamine is readily available and very cheap and not very sustaining. It kind of makes me think of how when you use certain drugs or stimulants to get, you know, high or lifted, yeah, you get high or lifted, but it's a buy now, pay later because what comes up must go down and eventually you're going to want to get high and lifted again to, you know, snare and chase that buzz. Unlike when you get that natural buzz from lovemaking or yoga or meditation which naturally comes down and you feel good from it. So we have to be choosy. And that, of course, um, takes spiritual hygiene and, and boundaries, which is a, a practice, a muscle that we always must hone.
So good stuff there in regards to celebrating the autumnal equinox. And now I just want to talk a little bit about this virtual workshop that I'm offering. So next month, and I'm going to put all the details for the picture for this um, when it gets archived in the archives, I'm going to put um, a picture that I usually use for the show. The picture is going to be a picture of the workshop as well as all of the details. So next month, October 21st, Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m., I am doing my first virtual workshop. It is on the topic of adrenaline. Many of us, unfortunately, in this modern day world, we are running on stress hormones like adrenaline as opposed to sex hormones. Even thus, those of us who are um, youngsters are doing this. It's easier and easier to get into this negative stead. And if we were born to people, born, gosh, oh my God, if we were born to women, who were in an adrenalized state, we can inherit that uh, stress pattern. I'm not talking about the idea of genetics in kind of the allopathic idea of using it as a hex. I'm talking about traumatic programming and physiological programming kind of being a blueprint for how we navigate life, perhaps. So a lot of us are dealing with an overabundance of uh, adrenaline, whether we're in our younger years, our middle years, our later years, whatever it may be. And there's tons of very deleterious information out there that is actually making people raise their adrenaline in under the guise, rather, of lowering it. So I'm going to be giving a live lecture on a private um, Podbean broadcast with question and answers about how we can naturally lower adrenaline. So we're going to learn how to mitigate the effects of adrenaline, which could manifest in so many different ways. ADHD, IBS, PMS, PTSD, anxiety, depression, hypoglycemia, addiction, weight gain, anger. So many different ways this can manifest for so many different people. So we're going to talk about how to use a balanced diet and lifestyle techniques to mitigate adrenaline. And this is groundbreaking information. There's not a lot of information out there about this. So I really wanna share this information as a workshop to those who value the upgrade. So the investment is $55 to join the live. You will also get um, the workshop sent to you thereafter. And the price increases to 111 if you purchase it after it's been live and archived. So I hope to see you there at this Adrenaline Workshop. I'll probably advertise it a couple of times more after this because we have a month before it's actually going to go live. But it accumulates a lot of the research um, and information that I've taken in the last 20 years just really sifting through a lot of the sludge and the snares that are out there and really coming to basically develop a program that's going to be an antidote to the pogroms that are out there because there's so much information out there whether it's free or not and it's just it's so wrong and then unfortunately we do it oftentimes the information we go for it we flock to it during a time of desperation when we're when we're desperate for answers sometimes our our reasoning is faulty and uh, then we have to backpedal. So I want to be able to share information that actually is really sustainable. It's affordable changes that we can all make that sticks, that works, that we actually see progress and we want to stick with it. And when we see progress and we feel better, we are naturally inclined to eat better, be better, and do better. So 
I'll leave it at that. Thank you for listening. Happy autumnal equinox to everyone out there. And I hope to see you um, at the lecture. And if you want to sign up, it's at um, Venmo. You can just send the money via Venmo. Send me your email address when you do so, and that will save your spot. And then you will get a private link, just like people do on Zoom. Just I don't do Zoom. I just do Podbean. It's audio, and we'll take it from there. So um, that's that. Uh, again, happy autumnal equinox to everyone listening. May you have a, a blessed harvest celebration and Satnam.